0: Hey gang, Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts is now funded by Patreon. Join to access our blog and unlock special bonuses like essays, reviews, show notes, and other exclusive material. It's brand new and you can be a part of shaping the material we produce. If we reach $50 a month, we'll be able to start buying vintage Scooby-Doo novels to review, in addition to our regular episodes. Thank you to David Green, Kyle Michaud, Katie Maxwell, Jordan Ferguson, Pablo Corden, Spencer Graham, Matthew Bang, Ashley Martinez, Gabriel Pesek, Sean Mokuls, Toge, and Blake Sawyer for funding this episode.
1: Welcome to Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts.
0: The original podcast that painstakingly goes through all Scooby-Doo media in search of those two Scooby-Doo Absolutely or Scooby-Don't under any circumstance.
1: I'm your host, Amelia.
0: And I'm your host, Billy.
1: And we're watching Gates of Gloom.
0: Well, I think you owe a pretty serious apology to one Mr. Pericles for implying that he wasn't doing anything while the gang were away.
1: I never implied he wasn't doing anything. I questioned if he was doing anything. Well, I just asked, "What's Pericles up to?"
0: It was it was the right thing to be asking then, because by God, he he was Ruining Crystal Cove (laughs) is really the long and the short of it. That town, forget economically, they're not going to recover, like, socially, mentally. There is now a collective trauma in this town that I don't see them overcoming.
1: All the better to bond over. They enacted a revolution and killed Nazis with their bare hands. That brings a people together.
0: So okay, they're bonded, but d- traumatized. It's, uh, it's something, I feel like there are going to be flare-ups. It's not something any town wants to go through. Few towns want to be oppressed by the Nazis. Is Is the uprising good? Yeah, that's super cathartic. But the actual occupation? I think we can all agree those are bad times.
1: Putting a lot on these characters that are going to exist for exactly two more episodes. They don't exist after that. Literally, the universe gets (laughs) rewritten after they stop the evil entity. I know that. They have trauma for a day, tops.
0: You know that.
1: So calm your tits.
0: But I'm gonna, you know, even though, do you think when their universe resets that these people just disappear? Like, isn't this now a timeline that they, like, this is a timeline. Unless you feel like it's, it's like you're, you're cutting off a bad branch of a tree. That it, that timeline just stops right there.
1: I don't like thinking about time travel. It's stupid and it's never going to happen. So I don't have a preferred time travel. This is how it works after you've done it. Headcanon.
0: Well, do you have a preferred premise for this episode? Because I certainly do. And it goes a little something like this. While Mystery Inc. are away, an earthquake sucks down citizens of Crystal Cove beneath the earth!
1: Alright, calm down. Take, take it down. There's, Watch.
0: there's an exclamation point. That was warranted. <laughs> <laughs> I would have only approved of that more if it was beneath the very earth. <laughs> that adds just that extra mm, uh, drop of gravitas.
1: You've been doing a lot of kissing sounds lately. That's been that's been your personal drop of gravitas.
0: I'm an affectionate man, not afraid to let my compassionate side be seen. Just like another man you'll know in this episode, Fred Jones.
1: Did we script this episode? No, I don't Where know. Where's my script? I don't know what
0: I'm doing. I, I'm finding a lot of nice transition moments, and I'm I'm barreling through apparently.
1: Fred Jones is. So excited to fly low in American airspace. What does that even mean? I don't
0: know. I don't think that this boy has flown very much at all, so the very fact that he has, like, an understanding of how planes are supposed to fly, like at what level they're supposed to be, I don't think I would know if my plane was flying too low unless I literally saw buildings overhead. <laughs> Overhead. Yeah, like if we we're on if we're flying and the plane is hitting like the 15th floor of a 30th story <laughs> building, yeah, I would think that we're flying a little low. But as long as we're clearing everything,
1: I think we're fine. Is that the definition of buildings above me? You've crashed into the building?
0: No, we're no no no. We're weaving. Believe me, we're weaving through these buildings. Me and the pilot. I'm not flying the plane. We, we as and all their past, everyone in the plane together. <laughs> yeah. We form a we. It's a collective bonding experience. You know what? Maybe you were onto something. But that uprising being a bonding experience because this situation that I'm creating, when we are in a plane that is careening safely through a large <laughs> metropolis, that's a bonding experience just as much.
1: Fred likes when plane flies low. He does. Moving on.
0: He also likes when robots attack him in his own home. Because Fred has that nice badass line, you robots made a big mistake. This is my house. Which like comes across as that like badass, like you're in my house, bitch. Apologies for the language. But Fred is saying it literally because they are also in his own home.
1: They've gone back to Fred's house. I assume this was Fred foreseeing something of this nature happening and insisting they go back to his fake mere dad's house.
0: Yeah, I would 100% believe this is a Fred plan. Because they come back to Crystal Cove, and there are these, like, trails of cracks all through the ground. There's not a person to be seen, and as soon as they get back, essentially the only people they see do get swallowed up into the earth. So they very quickly figure out what's happening. And Fred is a man who knows where all his traps are throughout Crystal Cove. So yeah, if if he didn't plan that, I would be very surprised.
1: But he did plan it because he slices those robots, those Nazi robots to pieces with giant swinging pendulum blades with such a malicious little smirk on his yeah. Like, just the shit-eating grin of a... He truly takes after his real parents well, we <laughs> in did, ways that he doesn't fully understand. I
0: thought that was some nice world-building, because we've seen those pendulums and other traps like that before. Like, yeah, this is just stuff Fred has around his home. Don't mess with him in his house.
1: I don't know why fake Mayor Dad Jones <laughs> gave him all these swinging pendulum planes, <laughs> but...
0: He forged them himself in smithing class.
1: Why was he given tools to smithing class? Fake Mayor Jones' dad should have known better. He,
0: yeah, he should have he vetoed Fred the, taking.
1: I keep putting those four words in any order. I please. This is like,
0: this is like Baby Man Clown Baby to me. <laughs> Baby Man Clown Baby and Mayor Jones Fred Dad.
1: I don't think there's two babies no, in there's, Cry Baby Clown.
0: Two, what's the fourth word? Evil. Evil. Evil man baby clown.
1: Evil, no, evil clown man baby.
0: All the words are there now. We're at least on the same page as what words are there. And then fake dad Mayor Jones? Is that what we're trying to say? Mayor and dad are definitely in the mix. Fred makes... <laughs> <laughs> Just move on back on to Fred. Fred makes a bad uh strategic call. He thinks that while they're in the tunnels this endless maze of tunnels underground in Crystal Cove That's when he wants them to split up. Yeah. Luckily, the gang do not listen at all, and they stick very much together.
1: There's a whole, uh, suit-up montage that happens here, Mm -hmm. because they have to rescue everyone in town from being slaves underground, digging tunnels, and so- Just a
0: light cartoon for all the kids at home.
1: So, yeah, you know, they're just, like, digging up blood diamonds or whatever, like, (laughs) (laughs) no biggie. Um- They have to equip the mystery machine to be, like, armor-plated and have, like, guns and shit in it.
0: Fred gets to welding.
1: And Shaggy and Scooby are, like, put in the Nazi robot, like, armor so that they can infiltrate the Gestapo bots. Yep. Fred literally turns that van into a killing machine.
0: He does. Like, you might as well. Have put back in black on that sequence because Fred. He's just creating a tank! Burner. Burner.
1: It's worse than a tank. It's worse than a tank because a tank can only move in, like, the one direction at any kind of speed.
0: Yeah. Whereas the mystery machine turns on a dime.
1: The mystery machine was super agile. It had giant fucking spears poked out of its wheels. It. the spare tire on the front popped out, saw blades, oh my God. spun at a thousand yeah. RPM.
0: Honestly, Fred arming the mystery machine is just so fucking great. The way he tears up those robots. It is antithetical <laughs> to Scooby-Doo, but it is absolutely right for an end of series like this. Because it then becomes the ultimate sacrifice. Fred ends up blowing up the mystery machine.
1: And at the time, you think he's in it.
0: You th- you think. He, Daphne, and Velma are all in the mystery machine.
1: Driving around. They're in the
0: car with the blocked out windows.
1: Killing Gestapo bots. The car is disabled and they can't escape. So Fred is just like, I'm going to take them all down with me. Bam. Suicide button. <laughs>
0: well, do you- and- explodes. Sure, he's there. Daphne puts her head on his shoulder and he says, Goodbye, my love. Explodes! And Shaggy and Scooby
1: have not been informed no! that no one's in the van. They're
0: s- <laughs> They fall to their knees watching the van explode with Fred, Daphne, and Velma inside. They're dead. Fred, Daphne, and Velma are dead. And you know what? I wish they had the fucking balls for that to be the end of the episode. How- w- w- what? What? <laughs> My reaction would have just been like, sh- like, sh- huh? If you just, credits, silent credits, no theme song. Just, yeah, sorry, Shaggy and Scooby are doing this on their own right now. The rest of the gang were a blood sacrifice.
1: And I want to say that your enthusiasm no doubt matches the writer of this yes. episode. And the censors said, (laughs) tone it the fuck down.
0: He said no. (laughs) No. Um, But I do like what happens next, because they did set up earlier that there was a sedan that was following the mystery machine.
1: And you're almost led to believe that it might be Cassidy
0: back from the
1: grave. Because Mm. right before the sedan, like, mysteriously pulls up behind the gang, Ricky has been looking for her. Yeah. And it's like... Mmm, girl, did you survive somehow? Being in the Midnight Zone after a giant explosion? That
0: would be very plausible. For her to, like, not plausible in terms of she can- A woman can swim up out of the ocean after being exploded. But plausible as in a children's show might pull that.
1: women can do that, though.
0: I I believe women. I believe in them. (laughs) They're real. (laughs) But, um, but no, it's just, you just see- the legs of Fred as he steps out of that sedan and pulls out a rag and chloroforms Scooby. (laughs) No, Scooby's crying and it's for him to blow his nose. There's no chloroform.
1: Billy's a big fan of chloroforming his (laughs) loved
0: ones. (laughs) Well, you've never slept more soundly. That's a terrible joke. I don't do that. I really like how after that whole sequence... Fred goes and he picks up that uh, front tire cover of the mystery machine and just looks at it for a second and says, What have I done? He didn't really know it was going to hurt this hard. But guys, the like Fred, Velma, and Daphne are all alive, but the mystery machine is dead. Yeah. That's the mystery machine. That's the van. That is the place of safety for these kids.
1: That groovy green paint job gone. So now, I propose that they take one of the subterranean mole like drilling machines that the Gestapo bots have, give it a groovy green paint job. <laughs> yeah. And that's the new mystery machine. I
0: mean, <laughs> instead of the sedan, the mystery sedan that they're driving now,
1: mystery station wagon. <laughs> like, my mom needs this back. She's got to go to Pilates. <laughs>
0: No, she doesn't. Everyone in this town is going to therapy now. Pilates is her therapy. Well, maybe it is. Okay. Um, alright, we'll get her there.
1: Physical activity helps with depression, Freddy.
0: I am not an emotional man. I (laughs) focus mostly on traps. (laughs) And you know what, Daphne even points it out. When Fred's having that moment, he's all like, what have I done? And Daphne actually has a very beautiful line where she says, You do what you always do. You turn traps into a fighting chance to live.
1: That's Just, so bullshit. He's never that done mean? that
0: before. It doesn't mean a damn thing. But it's a beautiful line.
1: How is it beautiful if it's totally meaningless? It could
0: have meaning. It could, if, if it had been set up, that would have been a beautiful line. But I don't think it has ever been life or death stakes
1: Darrow Mansion. Okay. Mayan temple that they were literally just in.
0: This feels like the most life or death stakes. Like like the villain in the Mayan temple episode we just watched. That villain's motivation was to find love. Was to, to hook up with Velma's mom.
1: And the temple's motivation was to kill trespassers.
0: Uh, true. I
1: guess- Danny Darrow- was gonna murder. Danny Dareau was gonna murder them. Danny
0: Darrow was gonna murder them. That's a very good example. He should have shown up here under the ground. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> don't go down
1: his distance <laughs> He's been shitting down it for months. <laughs> it's a mess down there. Believe me, you don't
0: want to go in there. <laughs>
1: Give it five minutes. Anywho,
0: back to mining. <laughs>
1: My last note for Fred is that he has a very touching emotional moment with Daphne before they do their suit up montage Mm -hmm. uh, in which they have a passionate kiss and everyone is crying and being sad about it because it's just that touching.
0: Yeah. And like to move on uh, to the Daphne dilemma, most of my notes for Daphne revolve around that to actually see Daphne cry when Fred says that he loves her. Like, it is just tears streaming down her face. It's what she's wanted to hear. When Fred actually says, I love you, you're my girl, and always will be. But then, (laughs) for me, that mood is broken a little bit by then Daphne saying that every mistake was all her fault and that she put too much pressure on him. Girl? No. You were fine. (laughs) He needed to grow up. That's not on you. Don't let him off the hook.
1: Look, I think they both have things that they need to work through. She obviously put too much pressure on him without regard for how he felt. Mm-hmm. And he goes through a full trauma of learning his whole life is a lie at the end of season one and she's just upset she's not going to bone town
0: with him Uh, anymore. Okay, I guess if you're looking, if you're gonna point to that example, she put too much pressure on him.
1: They're both terrible at this and it's because they're teenagers.
0: I'm with that. But to me, it just kind of felt like Fred was like, hey, I made some mistakes, I'm sorry. And then Daphne was like, you've never made a mistake in your life. It's all me. I'm trash. I'm terrible. Please love me. I, I got a hint of that. Didn't care for it. I wish it was a little more equal footing. Because it was a, a beautiful moment. I love them together. I'm glad they didn't burn up in a fiery death this episode. That would have put a damper on that for me.
1: Um, well, maybe Daphne should have. Because she has taken to calling the evil entity the evil intelligence. And I don't care for that. We. So yes, she deserves to be burnt alive.
0: For the, for the charge of not adhering to the branding. We talked about this. I'm going to put pressure on you to adhere to the branding that we all agreed upon.
1: Sponsors, man, they're cutthroat. If you don't stick to the the pre-agreed terms and conditions, they'll stab you in the night.
0: Well, could you stab them with those knives from Blue Apron?
1: Blue Apron doesn't provide knives. Well,
0: oh well, no wonder I had such trouble cooking their shitty meals.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is an anti-sponsorship. Yeah,
0: we've been. We this is a slur campaign against uh,
1: Blue Apron. Blue Apron. Apron I was going to say blue
0: mattresses.
1: (laughs) Moving on, the Velma Vision. I have one note for Velma. She. Gets a large exposition dump after they get back in town and they're hanging out at Fred's house. She has a pre-prepared 3D presentation on how Nibiru is going to appear once all the planets have aligned. It's like striking angles and like cinematography. When did you make this, Felma? Yeah, I'm
0: sorry. Did I miss the episode where she created a 3D model of the planispheric disc? Now, that was a good idea. I'm so fucking glad you did that, Velma. That's smart as hell in today's day and age. You don't need the physical object if you can model it in 3D. Except for the fact that apparently it did change. Uh, like when the Hex Girls came yeah, and, and there's music a, on it now.
1: It's a physical key that you need to unlock a door.
0: Well, she could have 3D print that.
1: 3D printers didn't exist. At didn't least they? not for the common Yeah, it had.
0: would have been very tough for her to get a hold of one. But, you know, she's in good at the university. So last episode, she was having this big existential crisis over how to go about reconciling these supernatural entities with the logical world that she knows. Seemingly at the beginning of this episode, she's taken what her mom said to heart, and she's just going to treat the evil entity and all this other sci-fi stuff as fact. She's, she's just going to say, okay, this is what it is, this is the evidence I have, I'm going to use it as evidence and put a hypothesis together. And and yeah, just, just advance sciences. It might not be something you understand, but it, you might not need to understand it to actually solve this mystery. Take the parts you can comprehend and work with those. It's all you can do.
1: She's also not attributing it fully to the supernatural, Mm quote-unquote. She's, like, using it as, like, a string theory alternate dimension, which I think has helped her greatly.
0: Yes, she just needed to take some time to figure out what the hell this meant to her. She also gave a shout-out to Jason Wyatt this episode, who added a sound amplifier to her binoculars. I like how probably that went through an edit, and someone's like, how could she hear them? (laughs)
1: Everyone's yelling in these tunnels. I think I made a note about that. They are literally told that the Gestapo bots in their, like, drilling machines can be attracted to sound. Yes. And they're down in these super echoey tunnels, just screaming at the top of their lungs, like, Shaggy, take it down a decibel, you asshole. They're gonna find you.
0: It's like I'm down there.
1: Yeah. You would be dead in a second. (laughs)
0: I'm just down there making my own theme music.
1: And then the Gestapo bots are going to come and take you and I'm going to step silently out of the shadows and think, oh, thank
0: God. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. I've just saved your life by distracting the Gestapo bots.
1: They weren't there until you started <laughs> doing the theme music.
0: It would have been. It would have been eventually.
1: <laughs> Shaggy Scooby shenanigans. Shaggy sees a plane taking off at the airport and waxes poetic for a moment <laughs> everyone. Uh, about how planes, they're so beautiful, uh, majestic, as they they take off into the wild blue yonder of the sky, and it makes him want pizza.
0: Everybody, just, like, the beginning of this episode starts with everyone just being enamored with the human achievement of flight, like this is a Miyazaki movie. <laughs>
1: Well that man does love a plane. <laughs> he loves a
0: plane. And it was it was pretty adorable. <laughs> Later on, um Scooby and Shaggy are sad. Scooby specifically because Nova is one of the people that is missing from Crystal Cove now.
1: Ugh, I hate how he always describes her as my Nova. She's not. Shut up. It's so Ugh.
0: She is a dog.
1: She is her own dog
0: he soothes himself with some triple fudge caramel chocolate chip ice cream.
1: That's going to make him very ill immediately. Yeah. And he's doing it so he can get out of going into these tunnels.
0: <laughs> they're the reason, sort of, that these tunnels came to them. Because uh Velma, Daphne, Fred, essentially they're saying that like they know so much and yet they feel like they can't figure out any of it. And Shaggy <laughs> and Scooby, rather proudly... Start singing this little dance. We know nothing and we love it! Yaha! Yaha! We know nothing and we love it! Yaha! Yaha!
1: They celebrate their ignorance on the level that Kanye West brags about never reading books. Why are you proud of your own ignorance? Your own dumbassery?
0: They're not. I feel like they're not usually. Just every now and then they make a little gag like this.
1: It's, it's, and puts them down to Kanye West level. It's like, there's a fact. Lord.
0: That... <laughs> you do not care for that man.
1: As if I could think any less of Shaggy than I already do, and then they go and put him on West level, and bam, lower.
0: <laughs> go East, Shaggy. Go East. Was that a joke? Was that anything? It's like away hey. from West. That was kind of what I was working for. Um, it's weird seeing Shaggy and Scooby in Nazi uniforms.
1: Uh Yeah. It's not their best look by nope. far, but I mean, they are at least acting the part of Nazi robots a little bit better than they did, like sexy rich women on yeah. the side of the highway. Well, because
0: here it's pretty much just that they need to wear the uniform so that they can sneak around and spread word of an insurrection, that there is going to be an uprising, a revolution. There are tons of words for what they're doing here, and they're all good words.
1: Scooby leans into Daphne's parents and says, Bring all your friends.
0: (laughs) We don't know anybody here.
1: They don't have any friends.
0: (laughs) Shaggy gets a nice moment where he's telling his own parents about the uprising. His parents don't say anything. There's There's a look.
1: Shaggy and Scooby are doing this. For the first time ever, of their own free will.
0: Yes, actually. That's really important to note.
1: They are volunteering put their lives at risk to warn all the townspeople of this upcoming rebellion.
0: So this is the line for them. This is the level at which they actually grow... Well, at Shaggy grows courage. We know canonically Scooby-Doo grows courage a lot easier. But Shaggy, this is his line... Literally, everyone he's ever met in danger.
1: (laughs) Imagine if he was, if everyone he ever met was in danger, plus he was as fat as he was in the Gluten Demon episode. Unstoppable.
0: But here, like, he actually says that he, there's a weird feeling in his midsection, and it's courage, and he likes it.
1: He's delighted, and how the feeling of courage makes him tingle.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Then later, uh, he gets found out by Professor Pericles, who looks a little too closely at him and realizes it's Shaggy, not a real Gestapo robot, so he tells the Gestapo robots to get him. Scooby jumps on top of him, says, if you mess with Shaggy, you mess with me, and just, he pulls out his guns, and he goes firing into the crowd.
1: Reversed John Whipped this thing. And <laughs>
0: <laughs> reverse John Wick is very good. <laughs> That's very much what this is. You mess with the human, the dog's gonna come get you.
1: Scooby says that they drew first blood first. So you
0: absolutely, like literally, quote: if, if if you thought that you would live your life." Without knowing that Scooby-Doo the dog quoted Rambo? Oh, I'm sorry, it happened.
1: Shaggy could have avoided this whole situation, though, because Pericles was not looking closely at his bots until one of them leaned over to talk to his fucking dog because he couldn't be (laughs) quiet for one goddamn second. Yeah. You need to zip it, lock it, and put it in your pocket, Shaggy
0: moment I loved at the end, though, and I want to know what our listeners think. The Mystery Machine explodes. Fred comes out, reveals himself. Shaggy can't quite grasp this. And he's just going, well, but if you're in there, who's in there? And like, is that a reference to that YouTube shit post where it's like, you're in there and I'm in there and he's the sheriff? It kind of felt like that. It kind of felt like they were kind of referencing that.
1: Depends on what year that was.
0: I will not look it up.
1: You will live in ignorance Cause equal I, to cause that of Kanye West and Shaggy.
0: What? Well, because I want to believe in a more magical world where that could actually be a canonical part of Scooby-Doo. Is you're in there and you're in here.
1: But we're in there and he's the sheriff.
0: Why we didn't cover that, I don't know. Maybe it <laughs> hasn't
1: happened! Maybe, Maybe! Who
0: knows? Who knows? I'm feeling whimsical today. I don't know.
1: Major minor mentions.
0: They're all here.
1: They're all here. Except for Cassidy.
0: Well, she's dead. still dead. She's still dead.
1: We feel the need to tell you this every time.
0: <laughs> she was almost not dead. Like, like, Mr. E seems to believe that it's possible that she's not dead. Yes. Ms. Like, no one has told Mr. E what happened.
1: Mr. E mysteries. He has a file folder just full of pictures of her. And not like pictures of him following her on a street like she has posed for these against yeah. a totally blank background.
0: Like she te- Where she- did
1: he obtain these?
0: She texted him this, being like, "felt cute today." What's up?
1: First off, Casty, you can do a hell of a lot better than mystery. E. <laughs> Second off, do, are the phone capabilities in this universe? I don't know if you're sending pictures. <laughs> you
0: just you just turn <laughs> that rotary dial and You send your pick.
1: Mr. E tries to quit again. Yeah. And gets more of the spine venom? Is that what it was?
0: Yeah, it's some poison that's being injected into his spine. Sounded very painful. Um,
1: Pericles is just going to town on the button that releases it.
0: With joy. With like a, a, just a sadism.
1: The sadism that a regular bird would push a button that... Hurts its humans in. (laughs) A
0: regular bird? You think a regular bird would do
1: that? I think regular birds are huge dicks. They're up there with cats on the level of dickery. I,
0: I like how Mr. E really puts a pin in it. That the closer they get to the treasure, the stronger the curse becomes. And he sort of proves and disproves that. He proves it because, yeah, for the rest of Mystery Incorporated, absolutely. They're getting darker and darker. But he's fighting it, like killing Cassidy pretty much broke him out of the curse. It feels like.
1: You think it's just the spine venom keeping him here now?
0: Oh, absolutely. I feel like he has switched sides, but unfortunately, he's he's now in servitude to these other three.
1: Two of those other three being the Brad and Judy double duty. They are really tearing at each other's throats. They
0: are, like this is this is sort of what's proving the like the stronger curse. They are turning inwards with their malice now. And it's mostly directed because remember two weeks ago when they got plastic surgery? (laughs) That's forever. So they still look like Fred and old Daphne.
1: Professor Pericles was going to change them back, but he does not have time for it. They probably should have seen this coming. The very least I think that Judy could be doing is maybe styling her hair how she normally does. Mm -hmm. You could dye the gray Daphne hair. Put a little more foundation on in the morning. Doesn't fix all your problems.
0: Brad's a fucking asshole her, Oh,
1: Brad is just the worst. She's clearly the type of woman that's not above manipulation, with, like, tears and shit, passive aggressiveness. But Brad's just a fucking dick.
0: I'm the one who has to look at you all day, every day. And to be such an asshole, and to have the audacity to do it with Fred's face. Fuck you.
1: The Pericles position, he's gonna have his Nazi robots kill everyone in town after they're done digging his slave tunnels to the treasure.
0: You know everyone, Amelia? Everyone? Everyone? Yeah, I know them. They're gonna die. That's the stakes this episode.
1: There's just gonna be a mass grave down here?
0: Yes. A mass grave where, you know, all their parents are gonna be, where Don Knotts is gonna be, the dean from Community, Scatman Crothers.
1: The one other black woman that lived in this town, the hairdresser?
0: I well, you know, I'm just gonna say it now. I do did...
1: Skipper Sheldon?
0: Oh, Skipper Sheldon! You're gonna have a mass grave, and on top of it is gonna be Skipper Sheldon's lifeless body. Like most bodies in a mass grave, lifeless. Otherwise, it's just a pile of sleepy people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Think back to uh, let's say the episode in like '73, where Fred is in a hang gliding competition, yes, and they're fighting a pterodactyl ghost.
0: Boy, at that those point, were times.
1: At that point in time, did you ever think to yourself, "This show's gonna have a mass grave at one point"?
0: I didn't. I didn't think that you know Scooby Doo is gonna say they drew first blood, <laughs> and then there's gonna be a mass grave, and then. We're going to watch Fred, Velma, and Daphne blow themselves up in a suicide bombing? No, I didn't think I was going to see these things. But here they are.
1: Uh, The Bronson beat. uh, This man has a shit fit at the beginning of the episode because he's the only one left in town after everyone else has been uh, captured.
0: And he, he is a broken man. He has gone mad here. He starts telling the story, but like midway through explaining what's happening, he just picks up a chair and just starts smashing the wall with it. He's got such fury inside of him.
1: At the end of this episode, he decides that he's going to be the one that leads the revolution that frees the town people from the Nazis. He's doing it to make amends for being a shitty cop, which is to say... I guess he wants to make amends for being a cop, mm-hmm. since they're all shitty. But well,
0: he does say for arresting all the wrong people. I don't want to say who he considers the wrong people, but...
1: Well, I think we all know. Yeah.
0: He also, he, he labels this as being because of all the times that that he wasn't good enough for Mayor Nettles. You know, he's doing it because he loves her. And he, he has that moment with Mayor Nettles, the same as Fred and Daphne have. No, it's arguably not as good of a scene. I did enjoy uh, Patrick Walburton yelling, TO FREEDOM!
1: And would somebody bring that sweet little dog in a coma? Thank you.
0: <laughs> All delivered in one yeah, line. Yeah, I don't... Okay, so Nova, I'm, this is minor, minor mentions, but Nova's in this episode. They brought her, like everyone else, they brought down here to mine to dig these tunnels. Nova is in a coma, and yet they brought her down.
1: In the hospital bed.
0: With her IV. Do you think Brad and Judy just missed their dog? We're just like, oh,
1: and where, where,
0: Nova, where you've been?
1: No, there's no way. Zero
0: percent chance, I agree.
1: (laughs) If the curse has been corrupting them for the full time that they have been back in Crystal Cove, as soon as they stepped over that line and... town official. Yeah. That dog was as expendable as anything else so to them.
0: So, do you think maybe there's just, like, a doctor in the hospital who, like, grabbed onto that bed to avoid being dragged down, and then it's the bed went with her? It's a
1: possibility, because no one else is in hospital beds, but, like, surely someone's grandma had to have been close to death at the time that the Nazi robots started kidnapping people. But there's no grandmas in hospital beds down here. No,
0: it's just a dog. Just
1: a sweet little dog. <laughs> My last Minor mention, the mayor mandate, she tells Bronson Stone when they're in the pit digging, the Gestapo bots have got whips, and he's flinching every time it goes off and making little girly sounds, and she's just like, would you stop? They aren't even whipping you. <laughs> and it should have panned over that they were whipping her, and she was totally unfazed by it.
0: That would have been great. Like I, I had said they should have been whipping Don Knotts, but the fact that they would have been getting her and she didn't care- that's more, much more hardcore.
1: Like, she's just like, stop it. Like, it's a minor <laughs> annoyance.
0: Uh, my note for the mayor mandate is that Fred's dad is here. He is here just digging along with everyone else in his prison jumpsuit.
1: It's one of the prisoners that pushes Nova's hospital bed yeah. out of the pits. Is it I want to point that do out. Do you
0: recognize that prisoner?
1: No. It was like a short, fat, black man with a lot of hair.
0: I don't think he was black. He looked a lot like Charles Manson to me.
1: Really, you didn't see I a was person white. of color?
0: I'd be much happier if it wasn't Charles Manson.
1: Pretty sure that they're not going to animate in Charles Manson. That's that's tasteless. No matter. No, he's not black, but I don't know. I would say maybe like random His, Hispanic. Hispanic. Man.
0: Okay. Yeah. Now now that it's paused, I w- I just noted the scraggly hair and scraggly beard. But you know, it could also just be like, it could be Alan Moore for all I know. I just wanted to note that the skipper was so gung ho. Like he knows there's an uprising, and, but still he's like, I take pride in my work. He's the one who actually unleashes uh the the planispheric door. Or the planispheric, The Gate of Gloom, we can call it. He's the one who finds it.
1: Alright, so uh villain. Heracles?
0: I I have three like, levels of this. I first wrote, like, the the villain was was like Tremors. Because I didn't know what was going to happen. I thought maybe big old worms would come out of the ground or something.
1: Walk without rhythm, you won't attract the worm.
0: Oh, that fantastic! It's, it's
1: literally said that it's attracted to movement and sound. So,
0: and then they could have been saved by Christopher Walken flying in.
1: The security guard that sounds I'm here like Christopher Walken
0: to save you, children. I have the Anunnaki in the guise of Christopher. <laughs> <laughs>
1: They can only take animal form.
0: I am as animal as I am human. Christopher. <laughs> if you could do me the kindness of all saying my name in unison, <laughs> as you do the other celebrities, it would be appreciated.
1: Okay, who's your second tier villain?
0: Um, then I went with the Gestapo bots, because the Gestapo bots came in the drill tank and... They're kind of who I would put as the threat of the episode. It is Pericles in charge of all this, but the Gestapo bots are the guys in which his terror reigns. The master criminal plan of this episode is that he is using all of the Crystal Cove citizens as slave labor to dig in the tunnels under town and eventually find this gate.
1: You stupid fucking parrot, asshole. You have robots and <laughs> and drilling underground tanks, and you choose fat, middle-aged people from Crystal Cove to do all your pickaxe swinging?
0: That's true. He has an endless supply of robot. Well, maybe not endless, because they blew it up.
1: At most... Bust everyone out of prison, cause they're jacked, (laughs) and call it a day.
0: I would even say, just talk to the governor, see if he'd be willing to lend you these prisoners for pennies a day. Cause they'll do that. They'll do it. You'll get Scatman Crothers, but yeah, this is his terror. I mean, admittedly, if he did that, he wouldn't kill everybody at the end. Cause that's his plan. His plan is to have them dig for him, and then when he's done with them, kill them. Mass grave. Uh, And he does succeed. He finds this gate. He puts the planispheric disk in as a key, and it opens up, and he heads into the tunnel. The gang follow him. That's the cliffhanger. I don't truly have a terror scale for this villain, because it's less of a villain and more of a plot.
1: I feel like I've already rated Pericles, and I feel like I've already made him a 10 out of 10. Heracles is the most villainous villain that you're ever going to get in Scooby-Doo. hmm And Hands maybe down. every cartoon ever created, he's the most villainy villain you're ever going to get.
0: Yeah, I and, mean, like, if you can think of bigger villains, who has said, like, who has have, have the town destroyed? Yeah. Who
1: has ordered a genocide? That's
0: it. Like, I, I, I use the language of how, what did he say? Because I said have the town destroyed. That implies some fucking, like, vague destruction. He wants everyone, every person of this town, the Crystal Kovians, the Crystal Covites, the yeah, Crystal Kovians.
1: Fucking Anchorman joke we had to get in here.
0: There's a random joke for that, but all of them are going to die. So it is the most, the highest stakes that Scooby Doo has ever faced are in this episode. And yet, I feel like I can't a ranking because what's happening here? This is not a real uh, uh, villain to point at. Pericles. Pericles.
1: Why, why are you having such a hard time separating his overall plan I ge- into Yeah, one I guess, episode? You
0: know what? I guess you're right. If we're going to go for Pericles in general every time you mention him, Pericles is a 10. Because he's so little. He is just so much evil in an itty-bitty package.
1: You gave Spooky Water a 5, and yet you have yeah, trouble Pericles with ten. Pericles. Pericles
0: <laughs> 10. No, I don't have trouble with Pericles. Pericles 10, I'm fine to say with. Um, It's just hard for me to give Gates of Gloom that. I don't know, it's the way my brain works. Do you have any other thoughts or feelings on this episode? No. I just want to say, this disc is very advanced for the Conquistadors to have created.
1: Yeah, uh, I pointed out that it's all very mechanically advanced. The, The planispheric disc itself then goes into a door that also is like a planispheric disc conquistadors wouldn't have had this technology they wouldn't have brought this technology back with them from like the mayans that they fucked over Mm -hmm. i'm not saying mayans couldn't do it incans if we hadn't destroyed every incan on earth the technological advances of nowadays could be so far advanced it'd be ridiculous Mm -hmm. but i'm saying the conquistadors would not have done that no they would not have brought that knowledge back with them because they're assholes.
0: But, so I guess that's where you have to chalk it up to interdimensional aliens. That's something we always say we shouldn't do, though, in the, re- in the real I world. Mean, <laughs> in the real world, don't do this. But here, we might have to chalk it up to interdimensional aliens.
1: The evil entity wouldn't have been helping them do it. And it wasn't the time of Nibiru when they were around. So, like, you can't even say that the other aliens were helping them store away the evil one. So where did they get all this super fucking advanced tech?
0: Do you think it's something they'll let us know in the next two episodes, or is it just something we're gonna have to roll with?
1: I hope for an explanation.
0: I mean, that's the interesting thing. We watched this so long ago that some things we obviously have locked in our brains and we know, but others are gonna be a genuine surprise for these next two episodes.
1: The entire last episode we watched was a total surprise. I don't think we ever watched it, Billy. Stake <laughs> my claim that we never watched Dark Hunters of the Night. I
0: just don't see why we wouldn't have watched it. No,
1: neither do I, but there's nothing in my brain about it.
0: Listeners, if there's nothing in your brain about how to contact us online, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at TheBillySeguire. Amelia is at Fatal Amelia. You can find us collectively at Scooby underscore Dews, Write it down. I have to tell you this every week.
1: You can also find all our old stuff on our WordPress, our Tumblr, and our YouTube page.
0: There's only two more of these left. The next one is through the curtain. And I genuinely couldn't tell you most of what happens. I remember one very big thing, but couldn't tell you a whole lot else.
1: Why bother saying anything at all, then? Loudly proclaiming your ignorance like you're shaggy, scooby... And or Kanye West.
0: And on that note...
1: That's it from Scooby-Dooby Us.
0: To scooby doo
1: Also, since Billy cares more about ending on a snappy note than, you know, our established formula, is this a Scooby-Doo or a Scooby-Don't, <laughs> no, really? Every
0: time! This was a Scooby-Doo.
1: Yes, it's a Scooby-Doo. This is a, no,
0: this is a Scooby-Doo, absolutely. God damn it, if you are not gonna respect... An entire town being enslaved, and possibly thrown into a mass grave. Holy- watch this!